The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by mandatory minimum 18-hour workdays with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include loss of integrity, loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, and excessive chapping of the lips from trying to kiss everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please ask your therapist, because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I am absolutely loaded on cough medicine right now, so God knows what I'm going to say. And we are streaming from home and my daughter's in the room, so I'm going to try and keep this clean. We are here with my co-host, the fuzziest triple in the cage, Bear Fjorda. What's a triple? It's from Star Trek. It's those little fur balls that multiply. I figured you're, you know, you're a horn dog and you're hairy. <laughs> It's funny. First, I thought you were talking about the little thing from uh, Star Wars in the in the not the Han Solo movie, but that the one where the little creature that was running around the land at Jedi like Pog, Porgs, Pogs, Porg, Porgs. All right, Porgs. You're not a Porg. No, I'm not. No, Chewbacca I, maybe. They said they smell and they're hairy, right? That was the whole point. I think he's a little more to that story than what you're leading on right now. You're pretty uh, sweaty. You smell pretty bad a lot of the time. Yeah, you know, thank you. I'm gonna take this compliment. It means I'm a hard worker. I absolutely take that one in strides. <clears throat> but how are you doing today? I'm loaded on cough medicine. I have pneumonia, and I didn't feed you until like 15 minutes ago. Right. And when you're not fed for several hours, you you're you're like the inverse of a gremlin. Where if you feed a gremlin after midnight, it goes psychotic. If you're not fed every two hours, you go psychotic. And you know what? Sometimes it's just how people live their lives. I don't think I'm too awful, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there goes my attempt to try to mitigate the situation. You got an erection while we were talking about Wi-Fi service. decent Wi-Fi. Yeah. Do, you know what happened to that? My daughter's in the room. Let's keep it reasonable. <laughs> Right out the window. I'm on cough medicine. <laughs> no, no disregard. Blatant, blatant disregard. Yep. Yeah. That was fantastic. Well, I wasn't the one that was physically aroused by Wi-Fi service. Listen, it wasn't so much that as it was. If you can find seamless internet service in our area, I would be ecstatic. I've tried. Uh, we've tried different Wi-Fi companies. Mm -hmm. I've tried an extender. Uh -huh. uh, we've called them numerous times. They've come out and replaced modems. And All right, routers. guys. If we're going to do our giveaway. One of our giveaways <laughs> on that today. If you can tell him how to fix his Wi-Fi, you could get a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California for two, a float at True Rest, Sedona, or Las Vegas, or foldable ballet flats with a pouch from Grace Graciously or Sydney. I gotta tell you, I'll give you any of those things if you can tell him how to fix his Wi-Fi, because I just don't care. 
you know, when your job isn't is pretty much online based, that's what's important. Making sure that the I thought your job solid. was to diet and punch people in the face. That's like ninety percent of the time, but the rest of the time I have to be online. And so that's where the nice internet comes in. Plus you can't you can't play video games on bad Wi Fi. It just doesn't happen. Nothing loads up. When have that. you last had time to play video games? I You're working out. Played, how, how many I hours played, are you working out per week? Uh, sorry, how many hours? Total workout hours uh, I think per it's week. a little over 30 hours a week is you all dedicated work to out fitness. full time. Th- like you work out 30 hours a week. Yeah. You spend like 35, 40 hours a week doing your social media and you teach classes at your gym. Yeah. What time do you have to play it, video there games? There wasn't any time. I'm, I'm wishful <laughs> thinking here at this point. Absolutely wishful thinking. Well, I can see that. I think there's been a marked uptick in uh, in video games, obviously, since the pandemic started. Oh, yeah. But... Everyone's looking for something to do, especially when, when there was no jobs, no place for people to go out to. Uh, n- not only was it, of course, hard on, on multiple fronts, but... There's no interaction. There's nothing to do. You can't go out there and go to your pool anymore. Go with your friends because everyone's keeping them indoors as COVID's running around. So, of course, you look for your other sources of entertainment. I'm sure on top of that, uh, things like Netflix subscriptions, Disney Plus subscriptions, any kind of online service Actually, must have shot up. Pornhub right, is Pornhub now the most popular site on Absolutely. the internet. I remember seeing that, that headline. Mm-hmm. It, the most popular website on the internet. Now that's that got to be insane. odd for you because you're in uh, you're in. I'm in SAA. You're, you're in SAA. You, you don't I, even remember the program name? No, I don't remember okay. the program. Makes me feel good about what I'm doing. <laughs> so you're you're in like a, a recovery program for sex addicts, right? And you can't watch porn, but you're completely inundated at home alone with just internet. So no, there's definitely there's. Is definitely that why some, you work out so much? You have to find ways to keep it off the mind. <laughs> Um, but it was it was not a shock to me to hear that it became the number one website. That was definitely not surprising whatsoever. Well, they're saying kids are watching it now as young as nine. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was nine what do you when mean? I started. You were nine when you started? It may have been ten. Your brain is still forming at that age. Yeah. What do you mean? Listen, do you know what the restrictions are on those websites? It literally... No, a, a, I don't go to the... A, my friends are porn stars, but I don't watch porn. A prompt might come up clarifying that you are 18 years old no id no nothing no no clarification other than that just like hey you're an adult right and then you either say yes or no and then it permits you based on that in fact i've never hit no but i'm willing to bet a significant amount of money that even if you hit no it would either just send to the website anyways or give you a disclaimer saying well you really should be 18 years or older before you join in kimberly's nodding in the background you better not be on porn sites your friends are Tell them not to do that. It'll mess with their brains at your it age. It will. As we encourage her to tell her friends not to watch porn. I like this. His response was, kids were sneaking Playboys and Playmate for decades. It's just video instead of a magazine now. It's true. Yeah. When when we were kids, my brother would sneak in and steal my dad's uh, girly magazines. He was in the Navy. But there was access codes to the computer. And we were on, like, dial-up when I was little. Did, so well, his thing was did pornography transfer into the online world by that? Oh by, yeah, it was uh, one of the first things. Oh, so the 90s reason, at that point, oh probably. more than that. So in the two thousands, porn was already huge, 
But beyond that, the porn's been on the internet since the 80s, since the very inception of the internet. And the reason it got big is the same reason VHS was chosen over beta. So there was a war in like the 80s. It was before I, like before I was born. There was a war between beta and VHS. Yeah. And the whole thing with it was oh, and laser porn. Too, no, that was later. Oh, that was later. That was later. So okay. VHS and beta were like videotapes. Yeah. And yeah, so beta max, right? Beta max. That okay. was it. Yeah. And the porn industry made a deal with VHS. So everyone bought VHS plays. It was oh, actually the yeah, porn industry that, that led it. The the fight between laser discs, discs and DVDs went the same uh, and uh, and DVDs went the same way. Porn went with DVD. You know, it's funny. So the industry standard imagine. becomes whatever porn whatever says porn it is. goes to. I have a hard time imagining that pornography is on DVD. I, I know that's not necessarily re realistic. Oh, I found my dad's porno DVDs when I was a kid. But in my brain, like, it only belongs on VHS. It had to have come from the <laughs> 70s or 80s. Or it's online or in what a magazine. What porn were you watching? Was this like you need to take a whippersnipper to someone's crotch kind of porn? No, I never watched that. <laughs> Like, wasn't big and fuzzy. No, it was wasn't, just... wasn't no big and fuzzy. I, well, I was too new to the porn scene to, <laughs> to see go any of for that. that. It was I'm, like the good old glory days. I think that's like the 80s and 90s of porn. Yeah. But, like, my dad had porno DVDs. I find it interesting how you can, they still have, um, well, what is it? We were at the hotel the other night, uh, late at night, probably about 11, 12 o'clock, and we saw this little ad for a teen anal or something on <laughs> yeah. TV. There's just selling sex uh, sex videos on, on TV, on, on, which, on TV. Which, which, by the way, I have to admit, as a, as a recovering sex addict, my first thought was like, why the fuck would I ever buy this on TV? Just pull this up on the internet. All you can do, you click it and watch it. It's just a channel. Oh, I thought you had to pay for it. No. It was a pay, pay per view kind of thing. No, I think he already had the channel. That's <laughs> He already had the channel. Yeah, so you just had to watch Airbnb it. Airbnb already had the channel. Fantastic. But that's my point. Like, That's got to be hard for you, though, because it, it's like being a food addict. You're dealing with something that's everywhere. Like to point out, I also have an unhealthy relationship with food. Like if I could, <laughs> I, I remember being 15 years old and I would just eat Oreo ice cream tubs. And I mean like a gallon tub. My, I would, my mom would buy it. It would come home. It would be throughout the container in about three, four days. It just would not survive in the house. You can, but but now you work out like 30 hours a week. You right. can turn anything into an addiction. That's all I'm getting from this. No, I, I, there are things I probably couldn't. I don't think I have that straight personality, but definitely if it's fun, I'm way into it. Girls Gone Wild ads were all over the TV in the early 90s, Comedy Central. It was almost every break after midnight. That's a good point. So huh. um, our, the, the sound guy, the producer here, is telling us that Girls Gone Wild was all over television. And oh, he's right. Yeah, in the 2000s. And that's true. I remember that. I remember watching that yeah. when I'd watch VH1. Yeah. Oh, VH1. I wasn't allowed to watch VH1. VH1, what were you doing? Was, I wasn't allowed to watch Cinemax, but I definitely got on there. <laughs> really? No. I'm just throwing, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Again, for me, it was always internet. That was the whole, like, why bother anywhere else? So what do you think about this whole oh, thing? Here's, here's People say sex addiction, especially in Hollywood, like uh, Tiger Woods tried to pull the I have a sex addiction. Right. A lot of these guys in Hollywood go with that, and people say it's BS. So it's something you you say you've got going on. Right. How do you react to that? Uh, well, again, they've already proven that it has the same, at least the same chemical imbalances in the brain as if you were on some kind of drug or alcohol addiction. So that's evident enough evidence enough for me to commit to the treatment that I'm in. 
um, if you don't believe it. If for me, if you don't believe it's a problem, that means to me you don't have the problem, and that's good. I'm glad to hear that you don't have that problem. Do you think Tiger Woods had a sex addiction? I don't know enough about Tiger Woods to say. I just don't. I know he had the the one off. What didn't he have the one off girl or something? Thirty affairs. He had thirty affairs. Thirty affairs. He might have had a problem. Uh, but the problem is defined based on your perspective. My perspective of having uh, such a drive towards pornography meant that I had a problem. Because when you go through the points of hiding, lying, deceiving, having mass amounts of guilt for doing it, uh, some people will go get shit-faced at a bar. No shame. That's just their fun. But if you're going out of your way to not tell your friends, your family, your loved ones about what you're doing, you know it's wrong. You're doing it over and over and over again, and it's a compulsion. You can't stop. You have an addiction. Here's the problem. Food addiction, sex addiction, stuff like that, it's not things you can get away from in your day-to-day life. I mean, I guess you could be celibate. That's a um, method some guys do take. Some really? people definitely take no sexual activity, even self, uh, no, no masturbation. They just they own That does not sound feasible. Uh, I, I don't know how feasible <laughs> it is. I'm not going to try it. I don't I think I'm at a point where it's necessary. But I will say this. Uh, like we talked earlier, it started somewhere around 9 and 10 years old. I was on the computer at 9 or 10 years old playing a Jurassic Park dinosaur game. So the same child doing that is streaming pornography on the same computer. And a lot of families I was playing Jurassic Park games on 9 thing. or 10, and I wasn't streaming pornography. I'm just saying that I think that spells out a problem in itself. Yeah, This has true. been our ad for the SAA program. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I was, I was like, I was playing kids games. I was playing Mario. I was at nine and 10. I was playing Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, no, Mario was a kick-ass game. Though. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I wasn't streaming porn at that. I, I, did, I wouldn't have known what to do with a penis at that age. I didn't know sex involved movement until I did it. I got married at 18. I wanted to be a nun beforehand. So I'm probably not a good, like, I'm not a good example. I didn't here. know it involved movement. <laughs> I did. Yeah. You just put it in, you laid there and eventually you were done. Okay. I got, in my defense, I got a lot of my sex ed knowledge from nuns and girls at Catholic school. Maybe that's how they made how a lot of your top Hollywood executives got away with all their actions. Like, I didn't know that's what's happening. I thought sex was something else. I, <laughs> I thought you had to be stationary for it to be for it to be sex. What we did was not sex. No, I'm not trying to give those guys credit. I do mean it. No, as a joke. no, they're they're, they're shits. They're, they're shits. shits. Angelina Jolie is a dick too. I don't get on with her. But she's but, not. Is she raping people? No, she's just a home wrecking tramp and a liar. Like compulsively, everyone I've talked to that's worked with her right. says that she's a consistent problem, constantly lying, constantly wow. creating drama. That sucks too, and Hollywood's not such a big world. No, it's really small. But, you know, famous daddy and you're already famous, everyone has to put up with it. I mean, in the Sony leak, she was one of the people they were talking about being a total brat when uh, everything leaked. Yeah. I was a part of that leak. Me too. How are you? Uh, my PS, my PlayStation name and password got leaked. Oh, yeah, me too. It was not nude photos. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be talking to Smile and Sam Alvey. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with the hairiest guy I know, the fuzziest guy in the cage. The fuzziest guy? Would that work? Oh, I'm sure. And in just a minute, we are going to be on with the guy that smiles the most outside of being a masochist, I guess, when he gets smacked in the cage. Smile and Sam Alvey. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. 
Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, your overly medicated host, Summer Helene, on with the biggest hairball in the cage, Bear Fjorda. No, you know what? We said this before we left to the radio show, but I left for the break on the radio show, but I'll tell you this. There was a gentleman named Matt Brown, ex-UFC, retired now, but he would, where I have hair concentrated at the center of my chest. And just stomach. And stomach. And underarms and He back. had hair concentrated on body, like everywhere it was just super hairy guy and he no shame he didn't didn't care didn't try and wax or anything it was 100 percent just uh out there in, in the flesh as natural well, as well you should be lucky you're not that hairy because you already cry like a girl when your back has to be waxed. Uh, it's painful and i don't want to deal with it yeah that's going to be done soon guys we are on with the nicest guy in the cage smiling sam alvey sam welcome to the show well thank you for having on hey and did you just say that you wax his back I don't. I sent him to an esthetician, but because he makes money off of uh, sponsorships and does some, you know, uh, and does like uh, sports sponsorships on the side, he cannot have hair tufts on his back. It's not. If it was a tasteful look, I think it would be better. <laughs> but it's it's like, you know, when you're first starting to get neck hair as a child, starting to go through the early stage of puberty, it's like patchy everywhere. So I have to remove it's it. It's not as patchy as you think it is. There's just a lot of it. I just want to point out you could shave it. No, you, don't you can't. It's waxed. <laughs> is, is it red? Uh, is it red? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's yes. Red. <laughs> okay. It comes in like his beard. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, let's. 
good to know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, for you, you've had an incredible career. You have an amazing record. I know you're in a bit of a slump right now. You have a fight coming up. When is your fight? I'm really medicated. I know I should know this, but they have me on a lot of cough medicine. No, I, so. I, I fight August 28th, and you can all watch it on ESPN. It's, a, it's actually the ultimate fighter finale. So it's going to be kind of a good card. A real lot, lot of talent on it. A lot of young talent on it. And then me, the the legacy fighter. I like that. That's a good title. That's really good. Need some more press there. I, I like just that. came up with it this second. <laughs> uh, I, I started the sentence not knowing where I was going to go with it, and legacy fighter came out. Keep that. Pat and Keep that. Pat, Pat, Pat and that. <laughs> Now, now with your opponent, Sam, uh, we, you've already announced who it is, but just for the audience members here, who are you fighting? Yeah, I am fighting a guy by the name of Wellington Terman. He is a Brazilian guy who's got the most British name I have ever heard. Yeah, he sounds but, uh, like yeah, an English name is... that I went to school with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. If you if you have any footage on him, you know, of him fighting in school, you let me know. <laughs> Well, given that I went to an all-girls school, I'm not sure that would be much help. But, you know, oh. each to their own in today's society. Uh, <laughs> so mm. you have a fight coming up with him. Um, I, I didn't realize it was on The Ultimate Fighter. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's the finale. And actually, the, the you finale... The two guys that were supposed to fight on the finale, one of them got hurt. So that fight, it's the ultimate fighter finale. That won't have a finale to the ultimate fighter. Um, so so that that's kind of unfortunate. It was just announced today that someone got injured. But, um, yeah, I started on the ultimate fighter. Well, I didn't start on the ultimate fighter, but I was on the ultimate fighter a few yeah. uh, few years back. And, uh, yeah, now, now, I'm, now I'm 22 fights into my UFC career. What was your most memorable fight? Uh, I, so my first win is probably my most memorable fight. It's uh, it, it is the infamous kick him in the dick fight. Uh, <laughs> me, yeah, I was in Australia. I was fighting uh, Dylan. Oh, Dylan, Dylan something. I forgot his last name, but we were fighting and, you know, we square up where we're kind of circling each other and seven seconds into the fight, somebody in the audience just screams, kick him in the dick. I mean, loud. <laughs> Everyone else in the audience heard it. Dylan and I heard it. And uh, we, we, I mean, the arena just erupted in laughter. Uh, we were kind of laughing and in uh, that, that video gets brought up all the time now. So that, that, that's kind of my, Probably my most memorable moment in the UFC is the, the kick him in the dick fight. <laughs> I feel like I just recently saw a video of that actually, or something, or something similar to that effect. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, been I, out it there. It gets brought up. Someone tags me in, in a video of it, probably monthly on either Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or something. It gets brought up pretty regularly. <laughs> so you have an incredible fight career, multiple wins under your belt. You are instrumental um like many of the fighters that have been in as long as you in helping build the ufc in building the ultimate fighter and all of that and you're best known for kick him in the dick yeah yeah that, that's the way it works <laughs> isn't it 
I mean, oh your most viral post on TikTok and Instagram is never the one you think it's going to be. It's going to be the stupid one that, that just rings true to people. Well, you just went viral on TikTok recently. Yeah, I, man, it caught me off guard. I was just, so I, I get cupping done every, I don't know, probably weekly. And uh, I just filmed myself taking the cups off my arm. The whole video is like 12 seconds long. And uh, I am at 2.8 million views on it right now. Uh, I, I keep texting some of my buddies at the gym and say, I'm up another 100,000 views. <laughs> um, and it was, it, it surprised me. I wasn't expecting it to, to be quite that big, but it is. And uh, I, I'm, I don't know if I should keep cupping myself or, or what I should do. But uh, this is a good it, it was pretty exciting watching that number go up. It's starting a trend. You got to start cupping different parts of your body too to keep the excitement going. Yeah, you got to do like your legs, and you got to you got to show cupping on different parts of the body. Um, I'm not even going to to look at Twitter's responses to ask questions on on the cupping comments because I see this going south very quickly. Going south very yeah, quickly. this is this is going to go out. So we're going to move on from that. Now, you're all over social media. Where can everyone find you? So I'm at Smiling Sam, S M I L E N S A M, and that's across everything: uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, Clapper. I'm on now. Uh, the Gab, I think Gab is something I'm on. Um, Parlor, uh, Getter, I, I'm on everything. And luckily, because I spell my name wrong, nobody takes my handle. Uh, Don't say so I'm that. at Smiling Sam <laughs> on everything. I like that. Well, you should be at Smile and Sam on everything. You've really kind of uh, made that moniker. Where, I know I'm going to go into merch and everything else, but one of the first questions we got on Twitter is, I want to be a UFC fighter. How do I go about doing that? The best advice I can give to anyone is wrestle. Uh, join your high school team, join your college team, go to, I mean, just wrestle. That is the, the future of all martial arts is wrestling. Uh, and actually the future is now, if you look at who all the champions are, they're like all wrestlers. Um, and that, that, that's just the best advice I, I can get. And if you're going to find a, in a martial arts team to train with, ask, ask the coach there what the most important part of fighting is. And if they don't say wrestling, then go to a different gym. Uh, because wrestling is hands down and it has been proven time and time again now that, uh, it is the most dominant form of martial arts. Yeah, you know, I, I can say just from my own personal experience, uh, training outside and then coming to Dan Henderson's gym where I am now and where I first met you, uh, it was a world of difference. Be feeling confident in my striking ability and my my takedown ability than going to a gym that almost primarily focused on its wrestling base. It was night and day. Yeah, if you can control if the fight goes to the ground or stays up, you control the fight. Of course, every Ooh. fight does start on the feet, and you have to be able to throw a punch. But there have been so many people that, I mean, Ben Askren, one of the greatest fighters of all history, cannot throw a punch, but he's a hell of a wrestler. Uh, and uh, he's just proven time and time again that, that wrestling is the key to, to everything. I think I'm just still mad at Ben Askren. He's he's the one that was hanging out with uh, Jake Paul, right? Hey, I wouldn't know if yeah. he's hanging out, but he got hung out by Jake yeah, Paul. He, yeah, I'm still mad at him. He's the one that got slumped by Jake Paul. Oh, we need to I was get so you to fight Jake Paul just because I want someone to smack Jake Paul. Can we do that? 
I, I would fight Jake Paul in a heartbeat. I sparred his brother before, and I beat his brother up. I, I like his brothers. I, I don't like talking trash on him, but Jake Jake was in the room. Jake's a little douchebag. I'm not a, I, I not a big fan that. of Jake. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. He's uh, what do you, a lot of bad. You know, now, now we brought that up. What do you make of uh, Logan Paul's fight against Mayweather? People are all over the place about how it's staged or fake or how – uh, Paul, uh, what is it? Mayweather was actually holding Paul up during the fight. Oh, it was money. Yeah. At first, I, I don't think it was staged or fake. Uh, and I saw the punch. Everyone says J- uh, Logan was out and Logan wasn't out. Like, if he, you wouldn't be able to hold him up like that. He was, it was a good punch, a good combo, but he wasn't out. I don't know that he's even rocked, but uh, Mayweather carried him through the fight. I mean, it was, it, I'll spar with guys that just walk into the gym and I'm not going to beat them up. I'm going to have a good couple rounds with them and we'll play around and, you know, I'll move around, let them hit me a little bit. I'll, I'll keep them in the fight, keeping their confidence up, making sure people, you know, see it and enjoy watching it. Uh, and that's all Mayweather was doing. It, it was pretty apparent early in the fight that, that Logan had nothing for Mayweather. I mean, I think yeah. there was that he was bragging about that 70 punch combo he threw, but it was the worst punches I've ever seen, and all of them missed. Uh, and so it was – Mayweather didn't throw the fight, but he did let the fight go on for, what was it, eight rounds or six rounds, or whatever it was. Do you think that's something that we'll find more and more moving forward with combat sports as far as keeping the entertainment value going? For instance, can you see two – top-level UFC fighters doing that, either for a belt or what have you, just to get the entertainment going, just to make sure maybe next time there's more butts in seats or perhaps try and get a fight-of-the-night bonus or what have you. Uh, you, you mean the ha- top UFC guys fighting in boxing? No, 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 just in general, the concept of carrying a fight to well, keep it more interesting. We're going to go to break, and we'll answer this when we come back, oh. but I can see that. You're asking if UFC or, or MMA is going to turn into boxing, where the fight's kind of staged people kind of work together and you can dislike me for saying that about boxing but historically there's a reason the sanctions exist and it is because of boxing we are going to go to break when we come back we are going to be on with my co-host bear fjorda and our very special guest smile and sam alvey we'll be right back after this Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, 
all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the fuzziest hairball I know, and our very, very special guest, Smiling Sam Elfie. Welcome back to the show, guys. Now, we were just talking in the break about your um, post going viral, and I do want to talk about that, but I know we have people that want to get back to the do you think MMA and the UFC is going to follow the way boxing used to and kind of start throwing fights. I think Joshua Fabia accused them of that already. God, he was such yeah. a dick. <laughs> I I do not think that the UFC is going to be throwing fights. Uh, it's it just harder to throw. The gloves are a lot smaller, and it only takes. <laughs> I mean, it's not. But it's not like boxing. You can't really pull your punches as well uh, in MMA. It's, it's all or nothing. Uh, you can get the takedown, and maybe you can avoid a submission uh, on purpose. But I, it would be so difficult to, to throw a fight. And and honestly, the fighters, I'm very happy with what the UFC pays, but the fighters don't get paid enough money to throw a fight. Um, And I I think that would be another big point. The boxers that that have been accused of throwing fights get huge paydays to do it. Well, yeah, they are going to, they're basically tainting their career for that paycheck. Oh, shit. This just came in. So Diego Sanchez, it looks like, is going to bare knuckle boxing? Huh. He just challenged Dylan Dennis. He challenged Dylan Dennis, Connor's uh, jiu-jitsu partner or coach, to I believe. Yeah. To, to fight. I, uh, it, it, the whole thing's. Re- I'm going to. Well, oh, you know, I guess the thing. I'm happy to see that he collected himself to get back in and have this, whether it's end of the end of the career fight or a new line of fighting itself, uh, considering what happened with him pretty much all throughout the past. Actually, prior to the pandemic, like 2018 is when he started uh, up his relationship with Fabia. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was a disaster. Fabio, a, you yelled at him. What a <laughs> like, POS that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. That went poorly. He actually uh, came that's in That's a really shuffle. fun fight. I will, that, that Diego versus uh, Dylan Dennis, that's a fun fight. Talk about guys that don't know how to throw punches. That's Dylan Dennis. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, yeah. that, that is... Yeah, I would. I would. Lo- I I really will tune in to watch that one. And I love Diego. Diego's past his prime, but he's still good enough to. Yeah, he's good enough to put on some some fun fights. Yeah, that's that's an oddball one that just came yeah. in. Um, it did. You know, going back and thinking about it, I was so happy that Fabio came on that show. Fabio? Yeah. Why? Because he gave me a chance to yell at him. You did. You yelled at him a lot. <laughs> that was. As a young fighter, my and people mention this a lot, and I mentioned it a lot during uh, posts on the radio show, and I don't know because I'm not, I can't confirm anything about Diego himself, but there was speculation at some point during this whole kerfuffle that he had developed some type of CTE or CTE itself and whatnot, and I'm thinking to myself, if that is the case, 
And as a young fighter, and I end up there myself. The last thing I want is some asshole coming in and convincing me to drop my family, drop my relationships, leave my place of work that's paying for my life. And this everything that he take me up into the mountains and drug me. Like there was some ridiculous yeah, things. Yeah, it was most of the on. only fans that got to me. Oh god, that was probably one of the worst. What things. did you think about that situation, Sam? You're you're more inside on this. I so I, I tried to stay on the outside of that because it was so out of this world that, that a fighter of, of Diego's caliber could get caught up with some guy who, I mean, the guy, some guy, some witch doctor or whatever he is. Uh, I mean, I, I'm now that it's over, I hope Fabio or however you say his name is like tarnished forever. I hope he goes and lives up in the mountains by himself for the, for the rest of the time. Because what, what a piece of garbage that guy turned out to be. He made almost a million dollars off Diego's uh, OnlyFans, and Diego got none of it. Oh, uh, I didn't know Diego had the OnlyFans. So he started, he oh. didn't tell Diego Sanchez. We talked to him about this on the show. Uh, he would show videos of Diego wrestling and then put really dirty captions on the, it, it was bad. Okay. It was bad. Like, he, oh. if this happened to a woman, Everyone would be freaking out because she was being sexually exploited by a bad manager. It happened to yeah. Diego, and everyone's like, "Well, he's a tough guy; nobody cares." Yeah, man, that that's ridiculous. I, I uh, well, I hope nothing but the worst for uh, Fabio there. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I can you. agree to that. He was a problem. All right, well, now that we've made this depressing as hell, let's get on to something better. Your <laughs> fight coming up. Uh, you're going back on the Ultimate Fighter. How do you? Wait, now he's going back. Are you going back on the Ultimate Fighter? Or is this well, just he started the, on no, it. No, no, it. No, I'm not going back to the Ultimate Fighter. Just it. It is the finale of this current yeah. season of the Ultimate Fighter. That's that's what I mean. Yeah. You're going back. You're going back to the show, kind of that that sort of launched you big in the UFC. Where? How do you think you fight now compared to when you started there? Man, I'd beat the heck out of younger Sam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Legacy Sam, as we said, yeah, Legacy Sam here would just beat the tar out of a uh, uh, shoot 170 pound, you know, Green Sam. Um, <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot, that was like I just moved to Team Quest. Uh, I hit hard at the time, but I wasn't nearly as experienced. Uh, was wasn't nearly as talented as I am now. And I've spent since my time on the Ultimate Fighter just getting better, bigger, and meaner. I like yeah, that. If, if I could fight, yeah, if I could fight old Sam, I would fight old Sam in a heartbeat, and uh, I, I would knock him out. <laughs> it's an e easy payday for you then, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And old, old Sam, past <laughs> Sam would, uh, he, he wouldn't go down without a fight, but uh, I'd put him down whether he fought or not. <laughs> what advice would you have for your younger self going into that? If you could tell yourself something from now to then, what would it be? Um, so if it was before the ultimate fighter, I would have told myself, don't fight early on the show, get on the show, win the show, fight later in the season. That would have been my tip there. The, the weight cut just killed me. It was two weight cuts in a row. It was, it was rough. Um, but if you go post ultimate fighter to now, I, don't take so many last minute fights. If you look at my record, I, I've got some losses. And like half of them are from saying yes to fights that, uh, that are on a week's notice or two weeks notice. I would probably try and convince myself, uh, my my past Sam, to to not take the short notice fights like that. 
how did you get so many short notice fights? I'm not sure how any of this works, so I'm just uh, just asking. Because I kept saying yes, they kept asking, uh, and uh, yeah, that that was really it. They, they needed someone of hey, this guy fell out. Uh, can you fight uh, uh, Crute, uh, J- Jim Crute in Australia in ten days? I said yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then I flew to Australia, and uh, it, was, it was starting off to be a good fight. Then, uh, then, it, then it wasn't such a good fight. Uh, so <laughs> jet lag, weight cuts, like and no training beforehand. Yeah, the the weight cut comes down. The training isn't up to snuff. Um, it's just not a lot of time. Uh, and, and so that would have been a big thing. I told younger younger Sam, uh, don't don't take so many last minute fights. Not not when they're against good guys. Only take last minute fights against crappy guys. Yes, only only fight the bad guys on last minute. Yeah, absolutely. It's good advice. It's very very good advice for the young guys coming yeah, up I, now. I don't know if past Sam would have listened to to me, but uh, <laughs> I would have said. Past Sam, not a good listener. I current Sam's not a great great listener. <laughs> current <laughs> Sam thinks I could take on anyone. Hey, uh, Thanos, he needs a fight next week. You want to step up? Yeah, yeah. I got this. Hold my beer. It's brilliant. What do you think now about uh, Conor McGregor had that fight? Everything went to shit. I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Um, we had to put that disclaimer in because everyone kept cussing on the show. The uh, <laughs> most, most predominantly Sean Patrick Flannerty, he said the F word 72 times yeah. in 30 minutes. Quite organically, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> it's led to this. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about that? One of the things they said is uh, this kind of looked like the old Conor McGregor coming back with the attitude and everything else. And what he said from the hospital was, you know, everyone started asking him if he was out. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. Wait till you see this come back. You know, this guy is a poster boy for, for uh, the law of attraction, the secret. What do you think of his attitude towards that loss? I I love the attitude of I, I'm never going to lose again. Uh, and there's not man, there might not be a person on earth that sells a fight better than Conor McGregor. His instincts for that. I mean, he was laying on the floor of you know of, in the center of the octagon, talking talking well, here, talking shit about uh, uh, Dustin Dustin Poirier's wife. I mean, before yeah. he was even out of the cage, he was already selling <laughs> a, a four-three match. Uh, it, it was. I, I, I like to think I can sell a fight, but that the brilliance he had to, to put together the sentences while he's sitting there with his foot dangling uh, was just impressive. Is <laughs> you say what you want about how he fights and what he says, but there's not a person that sells fights as well as him. No, I, I'll, I'll give you that. I do have to say, when we look at marketing now, one of the strategies we look at is Conor McGregor's. And this is for major film studios. We look at the strategy he put together. How to incite a crowd? How Incite? No, excite. Uh, yes. Excite. No, I, I meant Incite's in, a I whole meant different, incite's a whole different problem. <laughs> that leads to like riots. No. Um, how to excite a crowd. You have that energy yourself. You excite people. People have a good time watching you. What do you think that magic charisma is that people like Conor McGregor, people like yourself have to to bring people and make them so invested in your fighting? Hey, you know what p- part of it is? I mean, of course, you know, if you smile, people love seeing smiles. And I smile all the time. So I, I look like a nice guy. And that, that's nice. Uh, 
but but it's I, I truly am genuine uh, with, with everything I say. I'm not going to try and step on anyone's toes if I don't have to. Uh, I'm going to go out of my way to be a not even really out of my way. It's just I'm a decent guy, and I'm going to go out there and I am always going to show who I am. I, I do nothing different on camera that I wouldn't do in my you know my living room, uh, and it's. I think it's rare, and that's the one downside to what Conor McGregor has done is now there's a roster on the UFC that all thinks they have to be the next Conor McGregor, and they're not as good at it as he is. No, um, no there's no room. The, the, None. You're right. It, yeah, and it, if you're not going to be as good, if you're as good, you're not going to do it as well. You have to be better than Conor if you're going to go that route. And right, if I think the roster in the UFC is 600 people, and uh, the, the, they all—I mean, just like a switch—they all try and talk, talk trash, and be the next Conor. They all—they all try and stare down meaner, and you know, get the tattoos and this and that. And they're all come up. They're all very forgettable because of it. Uh, you get a couple guys that stand out. Uh, Sean O'Malley has found a, a real good little niche, and he's Conor McGregor light. Uh, I, I don't even know exactly how he did it, but he, he, people think compare him to Connor all the time, and I don't know that he's trying to do it, but it's well, worked really he, well for him. He drew the parallels. He says it. So the, the trick he uses is he says, people compare me to Connor, people compare me to Connor, and if you say that enough, everyone believes people compare him to Connor, which draws the parallel. It's actually a really good marketing strategy, um, but he's never going yeah. to be memorable. Fighters like you because you're different than Conor McGregor, could and will be long-term memorable. But there's no more room for a heel. I mean, again, this, this is just the marketing side. That's all I know. I don't know anything about fighting. Conor McGregor could be the best or worst mm -hmm. fighter in the world, but I think he sold it in a genius way. But there's no more room for another heel. He's going to have a swinger yeah, sling. I, I... Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I agree completely. He's a... Uh, and... Nobody has picked up on it. When I talk to my team, my, my amateurs and my pros that I work with, I, I tell them that when you get that microphone after a fight, do not waste your time thanking me or thanking your coaches or thanking the team. It's not the time. You can take us backstage. Use that moment to say something about yourself in a way that people remember. Because you being yeah. talented is a factor, but being memorable is, is probably more of a factor. Uh, I mean, Conor McGregor, before he was as good as everyone knew he was or knows he is now, he was the, who the fuck is that guy? I mean, it's the most quoted line in MMA because it was just timed perfectly, and he wasn't that great at the moment. Uh, he started referring to himself as Mystic Mac every time he had a microphone. And then I, he, it was just the precision of his microphone mm -hmm. skills was just second to none, except maybe Chael Sonnen. But uh, Chael, Chael never backed it up quite as well as Connor did. No. See, I'd like to see after your next fight, I'd love to see you after you win at the end, go up to the mic when you're doing that. I want to see you call out. Who, who's the most famous fighter in your weight class besides you? Uh, Israel Alessandro. I'd love to see you call him out. Publicly call him now, out you know and what? get a media push behind you. That's what I want you to do that after you win. Now, you t t this, this is the idea I've had. I'm kind of playing with it. The scariest man in all of mixed martial arts is Francis Nogano. He's a heavyweight yep. fighter. And uh, Jared can tell you, he's just terrifying. And he's a super nice guy. But he's just, he's bigger than I could ever wish to be. And he's just as mean as they come. So my idea was, I start off, you know, they all ask, who do you want to fight next? Well, I'd like to fight 
Oh, you know who's been on my mind for a while? Francis Nogano. Then wait that beat and say, you're safe for now. I'm going down another weight class. I don't want to. And I think that I think that would be so much fun for just a second. Make everyone think I'm calling out Francis, and then uh, then not call him out. <laughs> run, run the other direction from him. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be funny. I like uh, that. Future reference. Uh, That's yeah, a very so- good idea. Don't say it on radio before your fight. If anyone else has a fight between now and then, don't take that. Sorry, it's a good idea. <laughs> that's a really good idea. Don't use that. Uh, everyone else out there, don't use that. Um, that's a really good idea. And I think you're giving you guys great advice on how to be memorable. You yourself are very, very memorable. Uh, one of the things I saw that was an interesting comment about you when they were looking back uh, at your at starting on the Ultimate Fighting Champion, they said you look like a frat boy but sound like a choir boy. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I can see it. I, I don't know. Well, you know what? Especially in the <laughs> ultimate fighter, I had the chin strap beard. I yep. had like, you know, the chin strap and that, that was pretty frat boyish of me. Uh, I look back and it's like, Oh, I made a lot of good decisions when I was younger, but that chin strap wasn't one of them. <laughs> fashion never is. Our biggest regrets are always fashion. How, how we look. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking back to my brown lip liner with white lips. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I look like a chola. It was not a good look. Continu- um, I'd like to continue on that advice uh, part for a second. You have fantastic advice. I received it. I watched you give it to all the teammates. Uh, who, if it wasn't a coach maybe for you, who kind of like mentored you and gave you the advice you needed needed to continue through your career? I, you know, it, it's I, I've got good coaches. But it's really on me for for that that part of it, anyways. Uh, it, from the beginning, I mean, the first four years of my career, I was my own head coach. And um, the the other thing is, I have fought more than just about everyone in the world. I've got over seventy fights, and there's only a few people that can say they've got that many. So I've had plenty of fights to kind of experiment with what I want to do and how it works out, and my my post fights that are memorable and my post fights that are non memorable. Uh, and so it's really just, I've had time to, you know, for the trial and error and, uh, my, my instincts have been pretty good to me so far. If you're remembered for one thing, 50 years after you're gone, you're remembered as a fighter for one thing. What do you think it's going to be? Oh, as a fighter for one thing, <laughs> kick him in the dick video is going to go on forever. <laughs> 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 <I> really will. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but I I like to compare myself in the fighting terms, similar to Cowboy Cerrone. Um, there's never been a, over 70 fights, and I've never said no to a fight once. I have taken every bad fight, every good fight, every fight that has been offered, and I've won most of them. And uh, I, I think that it's a dying art saying yes to fights uh, that, that, that not too many people have, and, and I do fear that the future of MMA is going to be a lot of guys that pick their fights similar to boxing. Uh, and I want to go down in history books as one of the last guys to just say, yes, let's do it. Well, I think that's really good. I think if everyone could pick a fight though, it would be against Conor McGregor. Cause wouldn't you make the most money fighting him? That's yeah, who you should Conor fight. McGregor. <laughs> that's who you should fight next. It could be like good versus evil. You versus Conor McGregor. Good guy, bad guy, you know, hero. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
How did yeah. he get you guys towards the same weight class? Yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't even imagine how well I would do in a competition like that, but I would sure love to get paid to step in for it. That's the point. Even if you were a punching <laughs> bag, like you would be a very well-paid punching bag. That, that, there you go. See, I think see, here's the thing. I think Sam could win that. I think you'd be a punching bag. That's very easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's very. Well, reasonable. it does help that I'm like forty or fifty pounds heavier than McGregor, so that, that would be that would be to don't, my advantage. Don't tell anyone that. Um, see that? So I'm like, how do we get you guys? We could put Conor McGregor on stilts. That's how we do this. This um, is we, we we feed him bonbons and put him on stilts. <laughs> I, this, as we get to the end of the show, it's probably one of my last questions, but I, I, I was curious about this. As we said earlier, UFC has got 600 plus people on their roster. Um, very clearly, I think uh, tons of those guys and gals just don't even get talked about, don't even see the light of day. What do you think separates you from them if it's not just your experience in the business? Something about you maybe that puts you apart from the rest of these guys who are all vying to be in the top 10, top five or number one? Um, well, again, it come, my, my smile really does stand out in a, in a sport filled with people that just want to scowl at one another. Uh, I smile and that, that sticks out. And then the other thing, and it, it's almost teasing at myself, but I do think it's true is, uh, I, I do not have the typical fighter's physique. Uh, I I'm strong and I'm, you know, dad bod sexy and all that, but, uh, yeah, you're hot. <laughs> most fighters yeah, m- most fighters are not dad bod sexy. They are shredded, ripped, you know, uh, super sane-looking fellas. Uh, and between my smile and my my my, my love handles, uh, that that really draws a connection with people that they could do this. Um, that they, you know, that could have been me if I if I if I was younger. I hear that all the time. Yeah, I could have done this if I was younger. If I if I did this or that, but I hurt my whatever. Um, so I, I think those two things primarily stand out, stand out in most people's minds and make, make for one of the more memorable, uh, uh, attributes of my, my career so far. I like that. We have about one minute left, Sam. I'm going to tell everyone, go check out Smiling Sam. I'm going to put up a link, like him, follow him, buy his bloody merch. Uh, Sam, we have one minute left. Is there anything you want to say to everyone out there? Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram. I've got a hat signed by some of the greatest UFC fighter legends in the history of the sport that I'm going to be giving away to some of my fans. I just need to get my 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 following up a little bit higher, and then I'm going to be having a hell of a giveaway. So follow me there, and we're going to have a good time together. That's I like awesome. That. Sam, i got to say, you are so different from a lot of the UFC fighters we have on here and a lot of people we talk to and a lot of the ones we deal with, they're always so grumpy and it's always so pleasant to talk to you. Um, thank you so, so much for being on. We'd love to have you on again. I know we didn't get to a lot of questions, guys. Just got caught talking. Thank you for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fiorda, and our very, very special guest, Smiling Sam Alvey. Follow him everywhere. I'm going to put up a link. We'll see you good next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.